welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Welcome. It's great to, uh, to be here this morning. And I just want to actually uh, thank Pastor Byron and Anne for having me this morning. It's a, it's a, it's a great honour, even though he's now taken it back. Uh, so, uh, and uh, we, I, I said to Byron this morning, actually, I could put that vision statement over my church that we're, you know, a family church with a missions heart. That's how I describe um, our church. And actually, we've got a number of our um, church members here that when they come down, they often come to Highway. The, the, the Slatcher family were all in my church, and Caleb used to run my youth. And, uh, and Dylan Neal is here. He, he has a, he's on staff. He used to be doing similar things in our church and his family, the, the Chetty family. And, and uh, BJ was on my staff at one point. And so there's a whole stack of them that uh, uh, you know, they end up down here. No wonder they come down to continue the, the great things that are happening here at Highway. So, you know, Queensland's got some great churches and some great pastors. But, you know, I've, I've searched the, the state. I can't find a better church or better pastors than this church and your pastors. Why don't we just honour Pastor Byron and Anne this morning. Well, this morning, I just uh, want to talk to you about four great awakenings, four great awakenings. And, you know, I feel like your church is just on the move. And Byron's been telling me a few things that's been going on around here and, uh, you know, I, I feel like this morning that I'm sort of preaching to the converted, but I really feel like God's going to speak to us this morning about this, confirm some things in our hearts. So why don't we just pray and ask the Lord to be with us this morning. Father, we just give you thanks, Lord, that you're with us. Your spirit is here, you're moving, and Lord, you're going to speak words of life into our hearts today. We get to share the word of life this morning, and Lord, you're going to bring that life to our spirits to our very lives and to our very worlds. And we just give you thanks and we pray, Lord, that you would use this word to motivate us to, Lord, be more like you, Lord, in this world. And we just give you thanks in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen. You know, I'm, I'm a cyclist, so I get up early. One morning I got up early and I'm heading out on the bike and next door to us, some police had moved in and uh, not because they were keeping an eye on me or anything, but uh, they'd moved in, the house was rented and so of course they had some retired police dogs next door and so you know I'm trying to sneak out but it was impossible in the morning every time I actually just opened the back door this vicious man-eating dog would just bark like it was going to kill me you know one of those deep you know aggressive oh man just we couldn't go out and have a cup of tea out on the veranda we couldn't do anything without this dog letting us know that he was there and he wanted to eat us for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And so I'm out five in the morning sneaking out on my bike and I thought, you know, I'm going to make friends with this dog. And so every morning on the way out, I've got some dogs too who thought that they were big and tough till they saw this dog. And I used to just grab a handful of feed and I used to throw it over the fence. And every day I'd throw it over the fence, throw it over the fence. So he's trying to eat me while I'm going past him. I'm going to be friends with you. And uh, so time went on, time went on. And then of course... Um, we weren't friends. And uh, it was uh, New Year came around, and it was New Year's Eve, and the fireworks were going off. You know, at 9 o'clock they go off in our city, and then they go off again at midnight. And uh, so the families can come out at 9, and of course those that want to see the New Year in. And, then, and as the fireworks go off, who knows the dogs don't like 
fireworks. Anyone's dogs don't like fireworks? This dog next door went nuts, tore the fence posts, literally, chewed its way out. And Tup and I, we're just sitting at home, relaxing, and it was 9 o'clock, New Year's Eve, and next thing I hear this at the door. I thought, who, do you expect anybody? No. So I'm like, at the door. And I go there, and I just look through the glass, and it's the dog from next door. He was literally up on his hind things, banging on the door. The same dog that tried to eat me every morning while I was going out on my bike is now knocking, ah, oh, now someone's in trouble and they need help, right? And so I didn't know, do I go out? Do I come in? Do I go out? I didn't know what to do. But anyway, I opened the door and sheepishly went out and this dog was all of a sudden my friend. And I got him some water and some food and I patted him and, and then I thought, do I, do I grab him by the collar and take him back next door? So I, you know, every time I moved, I thought, you know, is it a wrong move? And, uh, and I, I took him back and I put him in and next thing he's out again and I found that he, that's how I found out he chewed the fence posts off and, you know, long story. But, you know, what really happened was this dog really woke up to who he really was. The whole front of the big vicious thing was just a facade. Underneath he was just this big softy. Right? And we'd made friends, even though he never let me know. And, uh, and then, so I just really feel today, God just wants to tear down the facade and release the real you that comes alive by the, by the Spirit of God. So I've got a scripture for you up here on the screen, Zechariah chapter 4. Amazing story in Zechariah. There's all these dreams that are revealed. And this is just one of them, where God speaks through the prophet Zechariah to a, a guy at the time called Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel was a civic leader. He was entrusted to rebuild the temple. The temple had been down for 20 years. It was just a big rubble on the ground. It was very hard for the people of God. I kind of feel like it's a picture of us coming out of COVID where God wants to rebuild temples that have been torn down by the virus. And in the rebuilding, God's putting things in place. And so God here is rebuilding a temple. And so he'll pick it up, the story here. I think you got it up on your screen there. Zechariah says, Now the angel of the Lord talked with me, came back, and awakened me. Everyone say, awakened me. As a man who's awakened out of a sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? So stop and just pause for a second. So the metaphor here is like you just woke up. Who's ever just been woken up out of a sleep? It's like God is saying, I want to wake you up. Like being woken up out of a bed. In other words, you were dark to something. You were dead to something. You didn't see it before, but now you're awake. God awakens him like a man who's waking out of his sleep. He said, what do you see? And so he said, I am looking and there is a lampstand, a solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, there were seven lamps with seven pipes to seven lamps. There was two olive trees by it and one on the night, on one on the right of the bowl and one the other was on the left. And so I answered and spoke to the angel who talked to me saying, what are these, my Lord? Now, this is not an unusual thing. In the temple is a thing called the menorah. It's actually the lampstand with the seven lamps that they light. And so it's, if you are building a temple and trust to build a temple and then God gave you a vision of the lamp that sits in the temple, it's not too far removed from his world. And so the lamp was the only thing that gave light in the presence of God. And, and so here he is showing him this menorah. And then the next passage. Then the angel who talked to me and answered me said, Do you not know what these are? And he said, No, Lord. And he answered and he said to me, 
This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. And then he quotes one of the most famous passages in all the Bible. You would have heard this if you've been in church for a little while. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So in other words, might is the collective force of people together, not by all of you joined together, not by power, not by an individual doing their own thing, but it's by the Spirit. And God's building this house. God, the word of the Lord for highway is not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And God wants to build you up as a temple with a light burning. But see, this picture was an unusual picture because he actually saw the lampstand and, and but he, he had two olive trees that were there side by side. Now, he'd never seen this before. What are the two olive trees? Well, the olive trees, so when they actually had a lamp in the Old Testament, the Old Testament priest, he had to go and, you know, trim the wick. And it was a really kind of a laborious job to be one of the priests that kept the lamp burning in the temple. So day and night, they'd trim the wick, pour the oil, trim the wick, pour the oil, trim. So it's kind of like building by works, you know, like it's, it's, a, it's a very labor intensive thing to be the one that keeps the lamp burning. But here there's a picture. It's almost a prophetic picture of a New Testament Christian because he had two olive trees and the olive trees were connected. What do olive trees produce? Two olive trees connected by lines that came up underneath and both of them wrapped up and joined and they were providing the oil that was burning the lamp. What a picture. It's almost a prophetic picture of New Testament Christians that we're not meant to actually live by might or strength, but by the Spirit that continuously supplies the oil and the well that never runs dry. Who can say amen? amen. And so he's giving him a picture. He's saying, you, you're on steroids here. You, you, you're, you're a believer that's actually empowered by God supernaturally. Your oil is never going to run out. Your supply is never going to run dry. And he's giving him this so that he's encouraged in his spirit that he's going to be built up and he's going to be on fire and he's going to be sustained by the power of God. And then he says in the next passage, he says, O you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain and you shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hand of Zerubbabel, the hand that's laid this foundation of the temple, the hand will shall also finish it then you will know that the Lord has sent me to you. Next passage. For he um, who has despised the day of small things, for these seven shall rejoice. The plumb line in the hand, everyone say plumb line. The plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and throw throughout the whole earth. So what does all this mean? It's an amazing, amazing vision. He's woken him up like someone who's woken up out of a sleep and spiritually God wants to wake us up. And there's four great awakenings that I just want to draw out of this story that, that we can actually draw on today that can help us. There's the New Testament church coming out, rebuilding our temples, God speaking to us, that we are on fire by the power of God, that there's a supernatural of oil supply in this house, Pastor Byron and Anne. You can feel it when you walk in. And there's a supernatural supply of oil and God is doing something amazing. So the first thing that I see here is that God wants to awaken is your spirit. 
God wants to awaken our spirits to be awake to the things of God. This is a, a very interesting time in history, isn't it? And more than, than any other time in history, we need to be awake to the things of God. What is God saying to the church? So prophetically, we can have an ear to hear what the Lord says to the church. You know, it's interesting that God uses this language even when we read in Revelations when He spoke to the seven churches. Let us have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. I say today, church, let us have an ear to hear what the Lord is saying to the church. We need to wake up spiritually. We need to be alive. We need to get back to praying and fasting. And, uh, you know, I've got a conference coming up in about six, seven weeks' time. And I said to my team the other day, I'm going to fast every Friday until the conference. Who's going to join me? And God is calling people out to actually seek the Lord, to seek His face. So we'd be the generation that seeks the face of the Lord. Can you say amen to that? He wants to waken up your spirit. He wants to give us the life-giving spirit. It is written that Adam, the, the, the first Adam, became a living being in first. Corinthians 15, but it says that the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So just as you're born as the man Adam, you know, girls, don't be offended, we're the bride. It's okay. And, uh, and so that, you know, we, we would actually be um, in the image of God, but also that we would be fed by the life-giving Adam, the life-giving spirit that comes and brings our spirit of life. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, it says in the book of Romans, who raised Christ from the dead and also gives your mortal body life. He who is joined to the Lord is one in spirit, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Life-giving people, life-giving people. So if you're here this morning, God wants to bring your spirit alive. If you don't know Jesus as your Saviour, it all starts there where God brings our spirit alive to the things that are going on in the spiritual world and God opens our eyes like someone that's waking up from a deep sleep. God, wake us up to what you're doing in this end times. Can you say amen to that? And so that's one of the things that, that he wakes Zerubbabel up. He says, not by might, not by power, but my spirit of the Lord. But before that, he says, what do you see? The second thing that God awakens us to is fresh vision. I love uh, your vision statement that Byron's put up as you walk into your church. It's got a whole bunch of scriptures on what God was doing in this year and this year and the next year and this year, 2023. Who knows? This is a church with vision. But God wants to awaken us to fresh vision. God is waking up you that you would see what the Lord has for you. You know, the Bible says without prophetic vision, the people perish. And they cast off restraint. They dwell aimlessly. They have no discipline. They have no grit. They have no determination. They have no goals in life. God loves it when we are awake to the things that God gives us a vision for. You know, God didn't put this, this vision into place and then supply endless oil for us to sit and do nothing. Why would you need oil for if you're not going to do what God wants us to do? And so the oil is that our eyes are open to supernatural vision that God would have for us. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. If we're ever going to do what God's called us to, to do, it can't be by might or strength. It's got to be by the Spirit. And you know, when God poured out His Spirit in the, in the, in the, to, onto all flesh, the greatest revival that's ever started, started in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, He poured out His Spirit on all flesh. And he's still pouring it out to this day. Still, that revival has touched the whole planet. I mean, it was such a revival within two hours or, or a couple of hours of the outpouring and the 120 and they poured it out and they said, upon your young and old, upon your slave and free, I pour out my spirit. 
and all flesh. Within a few hours, 3,000 are saved. A few days later, 5,000 saved. Who knows, there was an outpouring where there was incredible power. It was incredible move of God by the Spirit of God. They could not do it with their own strength and might. And what God wants to do in the end times, in the rebuilding of His temple post-COVID, He wants us to be a church with spiritual power. And we're alive to it. And there's a sense of vision with that, that God is opening to us new doors of opportunity. You know, just recently, Pastor Byron and I sadly had to uh, say, um, you know, closure to to, to one of our projects that we did over there that our hearts were entwined. I mean, Byron and I were in the car and we drove from Vikarabad to Tandor and I don't think we spoke a word, Pastor Byron. We just couldn't speak. We were so broken by having to close the doors of a project that had meant so much to us. But, you know, with the closing of a door, my prayer is like, Lord, what's next for us? What else do you have for us? Where is that oil that's connected to the tree that that makes the light burn continuously by your spirit, not by my might or strength or Byron's might or strength? God, what's next for us? We want to move with you. We want to move into the vision. My question for you this morning, church, if God has closed the door, what is next for you? Not just as a church, but you individually. You individually and as a church. That we would say, God, what do you have next for us? This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, he says. These were self-filling lamps. That means God's going to supply. God's going to help. You know, if it's a God vision, if it's a God dream, then God supplies. God makes the way and God opens the doors. And you know, we, got, we get faith from that. We can say, God, you, you started this thing. God, you opened those doors. God, you led the way. You must have another door. We're knocking. We're hearing. We're listening. We're being led to build. We're being led to be anointed with God's power. What He starts, He finishes. I love this story with Zerubbabel and he says, the hands that put down the cornerstone are the hands that put up the capstone. With shouts of grace, grace. I heard Jensen Franklin preach a great message one day about this, these two words, great grace. And he tells the story of his dad in a car as a young boy and they were driving past this ground and they were trying to build a church on the ground and he'd read this story and he saw that they said the hands that started are the hands that finished it and so every day when he drove past he shouted grace, grace to the block of land. Every day he drove past he said grace, grace, you know whatever it is that God's trying to build in your life, whatever God is trying to do, why don't you every day when you think of it, when you see it, just shout, grace, grace. Come on, church. One, two, three. One, two, three. It's a work of grace. It's a work of God's spirit. It's not means that we're really saying what God started, God finishes. And if if it's a work of grace, it's a work of God. It's got nothing to do with us. And so God is going to bring it to pass. And so whatever it is that you're believing, why don't you just shout great grace over that body to be healed? Why don't you just shout grace, grace over that opportunity of that door? Why don't you shout grace, grace over that uh, relational issue that you're battling? Whatever it is, let's make it a work of grace. Can you say amen to that? And you know, not, not to be diminishing the small beginnings, but before the, he shouts grace, grace, he says, oh mountain, you, you're going to be like a plane. So the, the third awakening, the first one is our spirit. The second one is our vision. The third one that I see that he awakens here is faith. And we've got to be a people of faith. Can you say amen to that? And so, of course, when we see mountains being moved, 
We speak to our mountains. When's the last time you spoke to your mountain? Because the Bible actually says you speak to the mountain. He says, oh mountain, you shall be like a plain. You shall be flat. Now, the theologians tell us that there could have been a massive rubble there. There could have been. There probably was the old temple rubble and it literally had to be moved. And so he would have looked at that thing, that barrier, that obstacle. You remember, it's been 20 years. Is there anyone here that's been working on something in God for 20 years? You feel like it stopped, it's stalled, it's broken, hasn't moved for 20 years. God brings a word of life and he says, not by power, not by my spirit, but not by power and might, but by my spirit. And then he says, oh, mountain, whatever that mountain is, you're flat, you're like a plane. That mountain of sickness, that mountain of, you know, just whatever it is that's in our way, that's stopping us, the mountain, the giant, we speak to them in the name of Jesus and we use the spirit of faith. The Bible says we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. How does faith come? By every word that God speaks. And so how do we live? Church, in a day like today, we live by the voice of the Lord, the Word of the Lord that comes to your spirit. Because when I look out in the world, I see lots of destruction. I see lots of chaos. I see lots of difficult things. And the Bible says, don't wake up and look at that. It says, live by the Word that God's put in your spirit. Can you say amen? amen? We don't walk by faith. Sorry, we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. And so, you know, again, 2 Corinthians 5, 6, it says, so we are always of good courage. And the reason he says we're of good courage, he says, we know that while we're at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. You know, some people have lost their good courage. In this passage here, good courage is mentioned before and after, but in the middle, there's this one verse, we walk by faith and not by sight. So what do you do when you wake up in the morning and you see chaos? You don't look at your chaos and go, God, I feel depressed. Heaven never preaches depression. Heaven never preaches, you know, doubt or fear or failure. Heaven actually says you can. Heaven says not by might or power, but by my spirit. Heaven says wake up and live by the word of the Lord. We don't actually live by bread alone, what we see. But we live on what every word that we hear spoken from the Word of God. It's interesting here, he says, this is the Word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. This is the Word of the Lord to Highway. Whatever God is speaking to you, that's what we live on. You know, if we just live on, we see the, the, the mountain of sickness. We see the mountain of debt. We see the mountain of chaos. We see the mountain of brokenness or broken relationships or difficulty or broken heart or hurt. Don't live by what you see, but live by the Word of the Lord to your heart. That's how you can live up in a down world. Who can say amen to that? Who thinks God needs to awaken today a spirit of faith? That we can move in. Faith takes ground. Faith moves in. Faith says to the mountains, you're like a plane. You know, it was once for 20 years, they couldn't make a move, but faith came. He got a word from God and all of a sudden he's prophesying to the mountains. And so you and I need to live this way. Live by what we hear heaven is saying, which is greater than what I'm seeing. Always is, always we. I hear blessed. I hear healed. I hear saved. I hear forgiven. I hear redeemed. 
I hear, you know, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I hear blessed, favoured grace upon his people. I hear the hand of the Lord upon you. I hear not by might or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I hear that there's an awakening and I hear that we can wake up. David heard the sounds of the the men marching on the mulberry trees. And God said, when you see me advance, when you see me go, when you get a word from God, it means get ready to go. (laughs) When you hear God starting to move, we want to move. I hear highways on the move. We want to move. And when we hear God moving, we want to move. When we hear the marching of the angels or whatever they were, that sound on the top of the mulberry trees, he said to David, that's when you go in and you kill off the enemy. You know, Elijah heard the sound of rain in a drought. You know, he couldn't, they they said, go out there and I see the cloud the size of a man's hand. And he says, but I hear the sound of rain. Because God had given him a word. He wasn't living by what he was seeing. He wasn't living by what was before him. He was living by the very word of God that's in his heart because faith comes from hearing and hearing that word of God. There's so many stories in the Bible we could go through. In Ezekiel 37, he said to the dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, hear the word. Things that are dead, you can live. Things that are 20 years old in the making and you've been disappointed and disillusioned and almost lost your vision. God can actually bring life with just one word from God. I'm still living on the words of God that I got way back in my life. They're still alive because they're the words of life. Every day I get up and preach the word of the, of, of the Lord I'm so thankful. I pray and I say, Lord, I'm so overwhelmed, almost to being able to not even get up and do it. I get up here to share the words of life. And God wants you to consume those words of life today. And every day we gather and we hear someone read the word, share the word. This is the very words of life that we can draw on and God can bring to us. In Ezekiel 47, he said to me, Where the water flows, everything will live in those deep waters. And so he said, he actually said, this is the word of the Lord. He said, he said to me and he spoke everywhere the river went, healing went, everywhere it touched, it brought it to life and it was a word from the Lord. It's amazing how both passages, he starts off saying, what do you see? Then he says, and what do you hear? And so God wants our eyes to be open, to be awake. But God wants our spirits to be filled with the things of God. The capstone came with shouts of grapes, grace, grace. Faith, vision, power, everywhere you go, you can take the weather with you. Can you say amen? Amen. How we pray. Faith is about what we say. Faith is about what we pray. Faith is about what we confess. Faith is about what we believe. Faith is about what we prophesy. Faith builds for the future. Faith gets the job done. A new awakened spirit of faith In an old, unfinished job, God loves it. That's what he's about the business of. And the last one, we'll get the musicians to come up. So we got that spirit man brings life. The vision brings power. Faith shifts things. And the last one is that God wants to actually awaken your personal ministry. You notice I said to you earlier, I said when he said, take up the plumb line. See, Zerubbabel had to go and get started on the job. He said, we're going to build a temple. He said, so there he had a vision with a plumb line in his hand. And so, you know, those who are in the building trade know that this is a building implement. So we're going to keep things straight and we're going to get things going and we can't get started without it. And so here God is speaking this word. Come on, church. He hasn't got us on, on 
constant oil supply not to do what God's called us to do? Can you be awakened to your ministry? If this church is going to go where God wants it to go, we all need to play our part. Can you say amen? And so this is like an awakening. Maybe you're sitting here and maybe you've had a gift that's dormant, never been activated. Today, you can activate the gift by stepping in to the Word of the Lord. Maybe you actually had a ministry activated in the past and you've lost it and you want it back again because you realise there's a gap of unfulfilled potential there. You know, often people say, well, I'm busy and you know, I'm, I've been on team and I just want a break. It's a lie of the devil to think that you're going to have a break and you'll feel better. Because real, real actual purpose in life doesn't come from no tension doing nothing. In fact, imagine if God just gave you every blessing you ever wanted. So, you know, just think of a blessing. You know, you're probably um, thinking of, because uh, this is a holy church, you'd be thinking about missions, Byron. My church would be thinking about, give me a new car, give me a new house, you know, give me some new clothes, some new teeth, you know, some new hair. Yeah. Well, you know, we'd be thinking, but you know, this church would be thinking, how many more kids can we support and how many more, you know, people can we help? That'd be the highway way. So, uh, but you know, we often think about this, that, that, you know, but maybe real fulfillment comes from sacrifice. And it actually comes from determination and, and, and uh, you know, we, if we actually never like strive, never sacrifice, never try, never cut, you know, it, it gives purpose, right? Because meaning, Imagine running a race, but you never did anything to feel like, wow, it was such an accomplishment. I put everything in. But imagine if everything's just provided. That means everything has no meaning. That's why Solomon wrote the book saying, you know, that, uh, uh, basically that why was everything? You know, like it doesn't mean anything. Why? Because he was the richest man, the most gifted man, the most intelligent man. He had everything that it, man could ever want. And in the end, he says, it's all meaningless. It's all worth nothing. I didn't earn it or deserve it. It just came to me. And it actually gives it no purpose and meaning. What gives purpose and meaning is when we actually sacrifice. It's actually when we're determined. It's, it's when we're disciplined. It's, it's, it's when it took something from us to get it. And then it meant something to us when we got there. And so if you remove all sacrifice, there's no meaning. If you remove all discipline, there's no meaning. Remove all determination, no grit and there's no meaning. So what gives meaning to life is in the struggle. And so God wants us to stay in the tension of, of, of the struggle. And, you know, part of that stepping in. Maybe you think I'm not ready. You know what? You're never really ready. And so God just was calling us as a church to step up and into the ministry that He has for us. So the hands shall finish it. He picked up the plumb line. Help me bring light and life, Lord. Help me bring spiritual power. Help me bring faith, O mountain. Who are you? And help me shout grace, grace. Help me start with small. He said, don't despise small beginnings. Help me pick up the plumb line. You know, Pastor Byron started this church from nothing. We got a similar story. You know, we just turned up in our cities and started church in our lounge room. Started with nothing. But you don't despise the day of small beginnings. He doesn't give you that oil supply for nothing. He supplies oil for you to do something that God has. Maybe it's 20 years in the making. 
Maybe it's a spiritual breakthrough. Maybe it's renewed faith, encouragement. But can you pick up your plumb line today? That's what I'm asking, church. Can we get about building highway version two or three or whatever you're up to, Byron? Can we, can we all pick up the plumb line, church? Can we be awakened to the four great awakenings that I mentioned today? Maybe if God has spoken to you about one of them, well, first I need to get my spirit alive. If that's you, God's gonna do something in your life this morning. Maybe vision, you need some fresh vision. God's gonna open your eyes to something new and fresh. Maybe it's, it's, you're gonna be someone that needs just that faith. You need to live by faith. You've been living by what you see, but you need to get heaven's version, which is always greater than what you're seeing. Maybe you just need to take a step of faith and pick up the ministry God has for you. And you know what? You'll be amazed. You will be amazed on what God can do if we all pick up what God has for us to do. If it's been dormant, if it's been there but lost, and needs to be rediscovered. There's nothing like a comeback. There's, you know, Aussies love the, the comebacks. Can you say amen? And, and, and you know, in other words, it doesn't matter who you are here this morning. There's opportunity for the great awakening to have an effect on our life. Amen. Let's, close, let's, let's pray. Father, I just thank You. You're here this morning. I just pray your blessing over the people. And we're so thankful, Lord, Lord, that you're speaking to us. I pray for the great awakening to awaken giant slayers here at Highway. Lord, that, that, that the greatest missions projects are still to be done. The greatest churches planted are still to, to take place. The greatest leaders to be raised are still, Lord, in, in the way in Jesus' Name. And so, Father, I pray. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. My Siri's talking to me. I don't even use Siri. I think it's a word from the Lord. I'm going to hand it back to Pastor Byron. Thanks for having us this morning, church. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.